What's up, everybody? Welcome on into the SE Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast. How's it going? It's Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. I'm SE Scoops Managing Editor Zach Haydorn. That is Tyler Sage. Tyler, man, your Browns got a big big win. Big, huge win they, this weekend. They did. Sorry about your take. I, you know, I feel like I can still wear. I won't be wearing this if the season keeps going as it as it did on Sunday. Like once we get to like week ten or whatever, this will be removed in favor of like a Blackhawks hat or White Sox or a Bulls hat or something. But uh, it's just one week. You know, I'm gonna drink the Kool Aid for at least one more week. And it, you know, bad game was what it was. I'm a smart Bears fan. I know that that's a silly mindset to have. But you know what? I'm just I'm I'm, I'm going to be a meatball fan, you know, for for a few weeks here, and that's just it. But you're, the Browns, man, killing it. Yeah, you're uh, you're saying you're an Eber floozy. <laughs> yes, term that, yes. Yep, yeah. I'm a floozy. Uh, I'd like I'd like the shirts for that. Those rights oh. to those shirts that are bootlegged outside the stadium. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had a I had something else, but yeah, I mean the Browns, you know. Uh, kind of like Jets fans who suffered an unfortunate – I mean, they won last night, um, which I was yeah. very happy. I live, bet, I live bet them to win, so that was a great plus 75. No, it's not a game wow. show, but um, – so that was good. Very happy for the Jets winning uh, when I did. But, yeah, uh, as a Browns fan, Jets fan, even Bears fan in, in recent history, you can't expect the worst and, you know, hope for not the worst. So, you know, we'll see how it goes from here on out. We own the Bengals and the Packers – Unfortunately, on you guys, but hey, nine straight. Yeah, and the Steelers basically on the Browns. Um, so they play Monday night. So see if I can find a bar in London to. There's lots of Browns fans randomly in in, uh, in London, so maybe they just like you know the the weather matches the Browns fan mentality. I would say perfect, so, perfect. Keep, keep look there, but yeah, it's, it's good to good to be, football's back. It's good, and yes. um, what you need, I remember what I was gonna say, you and Seth Rollins need to collab. And have a I love football, I hate football hats. Um, yes, I the results of the Bears games. So Seth, I know you listen to this show. Just hit me up. Hit me up when you have some free time and we'll go over uh we'll go over the you know the business plan. All right. Yeah, it, it'll be good. We'll we'll make we can make millions off of off of that. Um all right, well listen, yeah. So football's back. This is good. Um, you know, we'll talk Monday Night Raw. And uh, we're going to start things off, though, by talking the big news of the day. Um, WWE merges with UFC. We kind of previewed that on last week's show, um, but it is a reality. Um, and WWE was all over the news today, all over the business news. Um, you know, TKO group on, you know, the New York Stock Exchange. But it's a big day. And so we want to get into that. Before we do, um, let's take care of a little bit of business here. Uh, this is the SC Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast. We thank you so much for tuning in live here on YouTube. We are live every single week, 9 Eastern. Um, and uh, we're here to talk wrestling, here to talk the news of the week, preview big shows, heck, preview small shows, whatever the case may be. We're talking wrestling here Um on uh, on the YouTube channel every single week, 9 Eastern. Thanks to everybody who's joined us live right now. Hello, Zach, who's holding down our chat. Um, if you are not able to join us live here, um, you can find us on the uh, on podcast feed. Everywhere podcasts are found, anywhere you download your podcasts, um, you can find us. And you can just search SC Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast. We will come up and... 
yeah, you can find us there too. The super chat is open for anybody who wants to ask some questions or make a few comments. We will ask those questions, answer those questions live on the air as they come in as super chats and, um, uh, you know, plug your comments uh, as well as the show goes on. Uh, we really appreciate that in advance. It really helps us out. It helps us um, kind of keep the show going. Any contribution you can make uh, is phenomenal for us and for the show and to keep this thing going um, on a uh, on a week-to-week basis. So, um, so yeah. Um, also, you can catch us more throughout the week. Tyler and I, we run our own little shop, Brass Ring Media. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Brass Ring underscore media, and you can follow us and subscribe to us on YouTube. And you can become a member um, and get all sorts of cool exclusive stuff um, from Tyler and I throughout the week, access to our uh, wrestling Discord community, which has been a blast, especially with football season. Um, so, you know, that um, that is something you have access to, too. Brass Ring Media on Patreon. But we're here to talk. Let's talk. Let's talk TKO group, Tyler. Um, Man, you can't say that WWE doesn't know how to make a big a big splash. I mean, you know, 7, 7.30 this morning, you know, social media starts going crazy. They've got wrestling belts and UFC belts outside of the New York Stock Exchange, the new TK logo, WWE logo, UFC logo plastered up on the, on the side of the building. You got Vince there with his mustache. Hunter <laughs> is there. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, look. It's a big day in their history. You know, I mean, they, you know, Vince McMahon sold the company and this is now that sale becoming official. Um, I want to get into a lot of uh, some comments uh, specifically that Nick Khan and other people in the, in the UFC, the upper brass of the UFCs um, had, had mentioned today in, in some media rounds. And we'll get to that. But I just want to get your sense of just the day for them, what it means, good day, bad day. Thoughts you had as you as you kind of watched it all play out? Yeah, for for me, I mean, it's kind of incredible how kind of ho hum. At least for me, I don't know. I'm curious if you feel the same way. You know, it's it's a big day, but it feels you know like since we've known. I mean, when was this announced? In eight, like April. Right, after Mania? right yeah. the, the day of Mania. Day day of Mania. Yeah, of the Saturday Mania, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know. It was kind of the thing you forgot about for a second, and I'm we isn't what I was thinking. And then you know the news kind of came of hey, it's hitting on this date, and all that stuff. So it's a momentous day, but it feels like something that I've already digested, and I would not, um, you know, I wouldn't, da- I wouldn't downgrade anybody by if they thought that this had already taken place. And this is just <laughs> kind of the, the the procedural aspect of hey, the, there's a new. You know, the stock exchange wants like one big profile new um, stock once a week, it seems like, at the stock exchange to, you know, get on the news and keep everything yeah. interesting. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I think more of the comments that you're going to get to were more compelling. Um, the only like non-important things, as you know, I love to talk about here on the show is I still cannot believe that TKO is the ticker. That is like the cheesiest, <laughs> most lame name for this for this company to be called like the, the stock ticker name um i understand why you do that but man it's it's uh it's it's lame and then also how bad that ufc title belt is and has been for a long time like since what like the 130 150 era like the last like back half of the company's history i, I just hate that belt with the passion i think it looks so much like 
a toy you buy at Walmart for twenty nine ninety nine, not yeah. a prestigious like earned title belt that a lot of people have. Um, that you know, it's same thing with boxing. Those green belts, the WBC belts, I think are atrocious. And uh, you know, WWE's is fine, but you know, I'm always partial to the, the winged eagle look and things like that. It's really belt, so. <laughs> the belt thing is really our fault as fans, you know, like. Wanting to have these belts, I think, really made it. You know, the fact that they're that they're like a business for these companies now, bad, yeah. bad for us. Bad, bad, yeah. bad. Don't look at mine in the background. That's an novelty belt. I think a one-off belt you can sell, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, hey, look, I got an attitude era belt. Like it's it's, it's one of yeah. those things where it's like, but now it's like, oh, they can make money on these, and let's sell football-themed ones, and like everybody gets a belt. Uh, that's the one yeah. good thing about the. The boxing belts is that nobody in their right mind would ever want one of those for, for real. Yeah. The ones that are made of like uh, yes. ribbon, it seems like too. That are not yeah, green ones, yeah. Those are. Nobody in their right mind would want that. Yeah. The only other thing, and the main thing is like it's interesting that the company, you know, WWE, their main champion, has been on TV for a month, and then UFC's, I would say, most popular, not problematic champion, just got smoked in a huge upset and you know it doesn't really affect the company's uh you know trajectories either way it's just funny that they're all the the brand is so much more popular it's so much more important than the the people that make up the brands and that's not good if you are an employee of said company uh tko but uh i guess it's good for those in the boardrooms that they can have things like that that are not ideal for business and it doesn't really matter because it's you know it's here and, and we're here but Curious yeah. your take on. Yeah, I mean, I thought, I mean, yeah, I thought, I thought, I mean, I thought it was a big day. I thought it was a big day. Like, even if you, even if you kind of made peace with like, okay, this is going to happen. Um, you know, the historical significance of, you know, the McMahon family, you know, not, you know, like completely leaving the, the company. I, obviously, I'm not saying that, but, you know, losing a controlling interest and Vince, <laughs> reporting to somebody like you know it, it, it's just i think it's symbolically i think it's an interesting day for him i wrote about this for sdscoops.com if you haven't checked that out i have a uh, a column up kind of looking at vince mcmahon and and what i called his complicated relationship with pro wrestling and i think today's interesting because you know he finally kind of gets what he wants out of all of this like yes he owned this wrestling company for so long four decades plus worked tirelessly and without morals to make sure that it would be successful, but also that it would not be considered just a pro wrestling company. Like that was a paramount, you know, element of him owning this thing. And now he gets to merge and become, you know, chief ex or executive chairman of a $20 billion entertainment company. Just, just like he always wanted. I just find that, so ironic and i don't look i don't know what's going to happen i i want to get to a couple stories here that came out of the media rounds today but i think just the way i looked at this was you know it, it, it's just a big day for that for that reason you know like seeing all the hubbub about this merger and vince not standing in the middle of it and instead it's ari Emanuel and it's uh, you know, his right hand guy, it's Dana White. Like, that's, I, I you know, I, I don't know, call me nostalgic, but I just, it's, I think that's like, 
I don't want to lose sight of like, if you would have said 10 years ago, Hey, you know, you're going to, you guys are going to be podcasting on the day that Vince McMahon, like no longer like has like, you know, his, his hands like directly on the steering wheel for this thing. I'd have been like, you're crazy. Like that's never going to happen. Like that's never going to happen until Vince dies. And yet today here we were. So um, that's kind of how I, 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 I took it that from, from it. hundred percent. And the fact that we've done that twice now is incredible. Twice. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Two the day times. he retired and then the day he gave up company uh, from a legal standpoint, I think we get the legal standpoint here in a second, but uh, oh God. you know, to me, you're hundred percent right. It's just, this is like, you know, you think of like, let's say world war two, right. Uh, Victory day was, you know, we were still actively in combat as the United States against Japan. Right. And we were celebrating the, the war being over in Europe. And that was before we dropped two nuclear bombs on, you know, right, so right. Get and all that, but like, it's like that sort of thing of like, or think of the civil wars, right? April 9th, 65 is when the, you know, civil war ended, but there's a battle a few days before that, that really solidifies that this is over and it's a retreating army that gets caught that then ends it for sure. Like it's, we're in that zone of like, this is the day in history, September 12th, 2023. But you know, the April date, um, the WrestleMania day, is the day we found out about, and this is just the solidification yeah. of that. And nothing happened in the meantime. So it's 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 both. Um, you're we're you know you're right, and then I have already felt this feeling. But yeah, you're correct. Like when you look at the history book, this is the day. So that's yeah. something that cannot be skipped over. Yeah. Um, well, let's get to a super chat because this is important, really important, and I want to make sure that we cover this. I'm glad this was brought up, Zach. Thank you for your contribution, guys. The uh, uh, the Super Chat is open uh, to make contributions here to the show. We will read your questions live on the air, and we will also read your comments as well. So, so get those in. Help us out greatly. Zach, thank you. Um, Zach says here, the thing that's craziest to me is that this merger is happening against the backdrop of Vince being under federal, federal grand jury investigation and the looming threat of a federal indictment. Um, yeah, let's not forget that <laughs> folks raided, I think he was his house, right? Uh uh, the feds raided his house. Uh, God, it, it had to be a couple of months ago now. Um, <laughs> not almost nothing has come out as to what that was for or about. So I, you know, I, I don't even, I can't even comment if I wanted to about like the, the, the nature of whatever that, whatever that was. Um, but yeah, you watch everything go down today, Tyler, and it certainly doesn't seem like anybody, like anybody cares. And to me, I, you know, I look at this a couple different ways. What the one way is, it's, oh, look, these guys, Ari and all those other guys up there, what a bunch of scumbags, like taking this criminal dude under their wing and, you know, walking around with them and like doing their thing and like kind of like, you know, playing to the playing to the masses like kings. Like what a bunch of what a bunch of jerks. But then I also look at it as like, uh, like they're probably up to thinking, all right, well, heck, if something pops with Vince, like he's out of there and then someone else will just slide in and do it. And like they're so above like that, you know, for better or worse, you know, they're just above that level and they're they've got things more important to care about. And they could just kick Vince aside if they wanted to. That it's like, hey, why even, why even, why even bring it up? So I, I had both of those points cross cross my brain. But I think 
I think it's the latter. I think they're just like, eh, all right, something happens, whatever. We'll just kick him to the side and <laughs> bring someone else in. Yeah, I mean, for sure, especially if you're Ari and Dana, I guess, are the power brokers. Uh, opposite events, it's like, hey, you know nothing's going to pop here until after this merger happens. And I think the greatest trick that Vince McMahon ever pulled is convincing everyone that's not a fan of this business convincing them that he is absolutely necessary for WWE to exist the way it always has. Yeah. He is the, the stir that, you know, it's been a long day. I, all my analogies are gone. What's the, <laughs> the, the thing that stirs the soup, right? The stick that stirs the soup, the spoon stick the, that stirs, stirs the soup. soup. Yeah. yeah. That's all I asked. So I apologize for that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's what, you know, you, I, everyone watching this knows that he is not necessary at 77 years old. Um, to run this business and make WWE the powerhouse that it is going to continue to be is definitely, as you have written, there's a legacy there that he has a strong portion in creating, obviously his vision and all that stuff. But, um, you know, if you're Ari, if you're, you know, Dana, you guys like that, you need Vince to be part of the company when you merge so that investors are not worried about, Hey, you're buying this product and the guy that created it is not part of it. What's up with that? That's not, that's not like a, strong sign yeah. for people that have no idea about the business and now that they're together and hey yeah like you said if something pops here easily to get rid of him triple h oh yeah triple h and nick but they ran the company when vince was on his sabbatical or whatever they're going to call it and it was some of the best business they ever did they made the best you know all that crap is going to come mm -hmm. it's game of thrones it's the small council of tko and it's who stabs who in the back and for vince it might just be you know you're toxic well, you know goods if you are under indictment for who knows i mean we know what the alleged alleged indictment may be but uh we'll see if it happens yeah we'll see you know i'm also a bit of, also a bit of a nihilist when it comes to that you know uh you've got a guy who's gonna has a good chance of being elected president again who is under four different you know indictments throughout so you know why and you know dana uh also in this company has some i was just gonna head, yeah. head, yeah, sorry to cut you off there. But, like, yeah, I mean, everyone involved, you know, and who knows, maybe they're ready to the house, maybe they're looking for some stuff Linda left behind from the administration, just like with, you More know, every politician, with, with Biden and Pence and Trump, they all had documents they were set. Maybe they just raided every secretary in every administration in the last couple of years, and that, that's what that was all about. So we'll never know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll never know. All right, well, one of the things, um, thank you, Zach. I really appreciate it. Uh, for the contribution and for always uh, supporting the show. Uh, so one of the things that came uh, kind of, that were making the rounds today is just like, you know, Nick Khan and other people at the higher levels of the new TKO company talking about how, um, how, you know, the two entities, WWE and UFC will uh, kind of operate as one under this TKO group banner. And I don't mean, you know, I don't mean, you know, like, oh, they're going to cut all the staff. But I mean, like, one of the things that was brought up was like, hey, they're, they may collectively go into the same markets on the same weekend and do a UFC show Saturday night, WWE pay-per-view, PLE um, on Sunday night. Do you, like, hearing that, like, is that something that you go, yeah, that, that may be kind of cool? Or is it you know, no way. Like the fan bases are just too different. I mean, we had the COO of the new company today quoted at TSPN and saying, you know, what he'd like to see 
is all the UFC fans become WWE fans and all the WWE fans become UFC fans. Uh, Of course, you know, he's going to say stuff like that. I get it. But if you take him at face value and that's sort of the mission statement here, I mean, that's a big pie that both of those companies have to kind of go after. And, you know, I don't know that kind of like co-branded weekends in Chicago and Boston and New York and L.A. and and other markets, Orlando, Miami. Like, I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. It could it could end up being like pretty, pretty damn interesting, you know, when it's when it's all said and done, if you are a fan of of that. Yeah, no, I agree 100 percent. I think it works. I mean, both brands have strong followings without each other at the moment right so if you're in the right city if you're in vegas if you're in la if you're in new york new jersey you're in chicago toronto you're overseas you're in london you're over you're in sydney you're in melbourne all that sort of stuff even if you're in saudi arabia right i mean both like yeah the companies track in the same jurisdictions it seems like um in the same metro areas and if you're going to say let's say you're going to SummerSlam in LA in 2024 and there happens to be UFC 303 or whatever it's going to be at that time. Like while you're in town, you might be like, Hey, let's go check it out. You know, I mean, that's if you're traveling, have a ton of expendable income, all that stuff. But I think both events will sell independent of each other. You might get some crossover fans to try it out, but I think it's more about what's buried in there. I don't know if you're going to get to this point, but getting the municipalities to essentially pay you pay you to, to be there, which is, uh, you know, gross. And it's like every football in a basketball arena uh, in the country is, is built on the backs of taxpayer dollars that is owned by a private entity. So, um, sorry, so much politic talk to me. No, I mean, look, today, look, I mean, but... here's the thing, though. I, I, I Don't poo-poo that because, you know, that is, I mean, they, they, they don't even, they're not even hiding that that's a strategy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you know, just an open... That that's a that's like it's almost like that's a part of the business plan. And I don't know, man. I between you and me, I just well, I guess not between you and me, between you <laughs> and me and all the listeners, it just seems like that's just a little dirty, if you ask me. A little dirty. For sure. And like you you said they're not cutting anyone yet, I think is maybe what you meant to say, because they're certainly gonna cut. So yeah, yeah, it's what I meant. Yeah. Auxiliary staff, like I think the video package people for WWE are okay. And if I'm a UFC video package person, I might be a <laughs> bit worried. Yeah. And, uh, yep. you know, and then there's crossovers everywhere, right? So, um, you know, are the UFC ring girls going to be the correspondents on Monday Night Raw? You know, don't put anything past both those things to integrate. And I know you're going to get to the other stuff that kind of follows in that zone. But, uh, yeah, I think look for that. Don't be surprised. Um, when that happens, because that's what corporations do. That's well, that's coming for sure. I mean, yeah, I almost like <laughs> it wasn't even in my notes to discuss because it's a certainty. <laughs> and like, I don't know about the ring girls thing, but like, they're going to cross, you know, they're going to emerge. They're going to emerge. Is that, is that what they're called? I, I don't want to be like, you know, I don't know what their official, yeah, whatever knows what I'm saying. The people that tell you what, what round it is. So, Yes, I'd love for a studly man to be part of that too. Let's let's get let's, let's get just ho- let's just hope they don't have any men or women doing that in WWE. You know, uh, yeah. Well, hopefully, we don't have rounds, championship rounds for UFC for a, a WWE matches. Yes, right. Yeah, it didn't work. So. No, it did not. Um, 
Speaking of that, another thing that was tossed out was not tossed out, but just touched on was, you know, the WWE's ability to uh, extend the life of a fighter and not like their lives on earth, but like their, their careers, their athletic <laughs> careers. <laughs> that's not what I'm Sorry. Oh, that's so funny. Sorry. I didn't think of that. <laughs> it's, it's been a long day for sure, but yeah, yeah, like not, yeah. Like they're fighting, you know, athletic prime. You can, you know, the idea of extending that, you know, when maybe, okay, Ronda Rousey can't fight in the UFC anymore, but she could be a pro wrestler. And she was for, you know, two good, two, two, one strong year and one mediocre year, but she had the, the ability and, you know, she took to it pretty well and she wanted to do that. And she had, you know, she's a, a little bit of a different situation because she was such a big star at the time. Um, but she had a, a charisma in her own way. Um, but, you know, Matt Riddle is a former UFC fighter. Brock Lesnar is a UFC fighter. You know, can you see folks like a Daniel Cormier come over here? If John Jones retires, is can he get in the ring? Conor McGregor obviously is going to do something with, with WWE, I'm sure, at, at, at some point. Not, you know, a full-time wrestler, but a, an, an, an appearance. Like, and this is where I kind of pump the brakes. And I'm like, okay. I don't know that I want to see like a bunch of like, you know, not washed up, but kind of washed up like UFC fighters try their hand and all get big positions with, 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 with WWE. Like, I think, look, you do it with bad bunny. It works. Logan Paul, certainly that works, but man, I don't want WWE to become like a, testing ground for 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 these guys like if it's somebody who you know if they if these UFC fighters like want to just see if they got it and they you know go get trained and they start from the bottom all right like I'm on board with that you know I, I I'm good with that if they if this is going to be another way for the WWE to find potential talent that they can develop okay cool but I don't like the idea of you know Oh, this is the place where you go, you know, Stipe Miocic, if you, you know, don't want to fight anymore, but you want a payday and you want to fight. Count me out on that. Yeah, I'm super bearish on this. I think this is like, A, a bad idea for all the reasons you laid out, that it waters down half of your brand, your TKO brand. You're, you know, I, I assume, I mean, I don't know. I'm, have they relieved, yeah, released a S4 statement? Like the, I assume they had to with the IPO. Like, which company makes more money? I'm assuming UFC does with that TV deal with ESPN. In the I would imagine, deal. yes. So, you know, your, but it's got to be pretty close. I would think in revenue, at least maybe not profitability. But, you know, you don't want to water down one of your two brands that are close to each other for that purpose. Also, like, it has to be a very special individual that right. has the qualities. Just like there's probably, one or two wrestlers at any given time in a major company that could transition over to the UFC, right? There's one or two UFC fighters that could transition over and be a good pro wrestler. And, you know, could, when Khabib uh, retired, could, could, do I think he could have been a good pro wrestler? Absolutely not. He would have been a uh, a guy who would, you know, be wrestling like Frank Gotch in, in the 50s, which he would love that, but it'd be the most boring thing. And, like, other thing is, like, Conor McGregor, do you think he 
is a guy who's going to like you if you're like let's say you're Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or something. Do you trust that guy completely to like not go into business for himself to not be a CM Punk in AEW situation? And a guy who's like, you know, who knows what was pro wrestling, what was not. I mean, it seems like he's being, you know, uh, not indicted, but accused of pretty serious crimes like every six months. That seems to just go away in the air. I know it's not a kind of McGregor podcast, but like in John Jones, similar stuff. Like I, I would have more faith in him be able to work and do that. But like Stipe, like I love Stipe. He's from Cleveland, but like that dude is a brown paper bag of personality. He's just right. like, hey, I'm a firefighter and I'm a good fighter. Like, you know, there's just so few people that are intrigue me as a personality, and I also trust will work and work lots of dates too. These guys are used to working out and showing up and doing a press conference and fighting. So, uh, and I got the Frank Ash <laughs> timeline wrong. So uh, I'll own that in the chat. When was it? When was it timeline? When yeah, was when it was chat? Thirties, forties, or ten? I, mean, I think it was but, a little early um, in the 1900s. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was a long day for both of us, but uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it's just that combination of it waters down your brand, and I just think there's so few people that can do both. That yeah, if you have one every couple of years that can transition over, and then vice versa, you got a guy, let's say NXT, who's a true badass, and should probably be working UFC instead of WWE because he just can't talk, but he's an awesome fighter. Then yeah, um, you know we'll go from there. So so. Yeah, so I, well said. I mean, really well said, and I and I totally agree. This is not just like plug somebody in and 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 go. I mean, I think like there's been a lot more celebrity wrestlers that have not worked, way more that have not worked, even in one 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 offs than there are Bad Bunny and Logan Paul, like by far. Um, Bad Bunny you know, is a huge fan. And I think that always helps, you know, when you transition over and Logan Paul, like some people just get it. Some people get it and they're special and he's got a ton of charisma and he's athletic. I mean, so, you know, he, he, he checks the boxes of somebody that you might look at and go, okay, he, he could do this. So yeah, but it's totally not everybody. You're, you're so right to, to, to call that out. So we'll, we'll see about this. I mean, and I, and I guess like just being somebody that takes the industry seriously and co- tries to cover it in a, in a serious way. Like you don't have like celebrities just trying to play in the NBA, you know, that doesn't happen. Like that would be an epic disaster. And I, I, I actually might watch that depending on who the celebrity is, but it doesn't happen because it kind of, you know, in some ways it's just, I don't want to say it makes a mockery because it's wrestling is different, but it's just like, you know, you don't have, you know, I, I, I think if you're WWE and if you're TKO right now, you want to treat that place like the WWE, when you make it there, like that's a big deal. That is the cream of the crop, the best of the best, only, you know, a handful of wrestlers get to this, get to our level. Obviously we, we know that that's not true, but that's the perception I think you want to have if you're, if you're WWE. And if you just let everybody in willy nilly, like, come on, come on in fantasy camp, this thing, you know, it may not hurt in five, 10 years, but 2030, like it could hurt like just the brand and like just the perception of professional wrestling in general as, Oh, this is a playground. It, you know, it's not, you know, a serious business. And and I think that that's, you know, I, I just think you want to watch that if you're, 
Hunter or Vince and Ari and everybody around it, you know, you got to be careful that this isn't just, oh, I'm going to go have fun and, and try this out. Yeah. And I think if you see, you know, Paul Levesque is the one that's brought in a lot of these people, right? So I think Pat McAfee in NXT, Max former NFL player, you know, whether he's a punter or not, like still could probably win in a fight with most people on the roster as being a former NFL guy. And it's a huge star, right? He's like the biggest sports personality in the world. So yep. that was a good call by Triple H. Um, same thing with uh, with Logan Paul. Won some legitimate uh, boxing matches. You know, I'm not sure how legitimate those are, but, you know, been in a real sporting event. And then Bad Bunny, his win came with the help of Damian Priest at WrestleMania and then the LWO um, in Puerto Rico, right? He didn't win straight up cleanly. And there's lots of stuff to, to help them get there. So everything's been framed in the right way. And it, so Triple H, I think, has good instincts on this to, to do it when it's right and tell the story depending on the person. And if you were going to do a ton like a camp, fantasy camp sort of thing, you almost have to make its own kind of, you know, cruiserweight division of like the celebrity division within WWE or the the, the, oh, the, the prospect series of WWE. Of like we got this guy from UFC who's coming in and so he's in the prospect division. He's the prospect champion or whatever, which sucks, but that's the way you'd have to frame it. And they have to earn their way to fight your real superstars, just like if. Like tough enough celebrity edition. Yeah, like if Dominic Mysterio was wanting to go to the UFC, he'd have to fight, yeah, on tough enough or whatever. On, uh, on yeah. 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 Fight. Right. I mean, I don't know. Look, they owe, they're going to owe so much content. In 10 years, that probably is going to be a show of some kind. <laughs> but, but yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, I think you and I are in lockstep uh, on that. The other thing, you know, that came out today was just talking Nick Khan, you know, and others high up at the level. Um, I forget what I don't have the the gentleman's name, but he's the COO of the new um, the new TKO Group company, talking about you know rights fees and television and television rights, and you know obviously how important that is, the value that they think they bring to the table. Um, calling out that they're not lined up, you know, from a contract perspective, you know, they're not going to be renegotiating at the same time. But um, the interesting part was Nick Khan in, in some interviews, like didn't, didn't, um, and we touched on this last week too, didn't talk much about Fox, you know, and Fox's play into this. And uh, I, I had some people on, on social media kind of ping me about that and asking about that. And I, you know, I to me that's more of a probably a negotiation tactic. You know, for Nick Khan more than it is like, oh, Fox is out. Um, Fox is a big company. Like, if they're out, I don't, I don't think they lose the the PR battle to Nick Khan just like yucking it up on ESPN. Like, I, I, I just don't, I just don't see that. So to me, this is Nick Khan peacocking a bit and just yeah, hey, Amazon's interested and Disney's interested and. You know, pony up, Fox. <laughs> let's let's go. I I think it's so. I don't know that I'm ready to be like, oh, Fox is like definitely out. But I did think it's an interesting touch that you know they think they're going to get a big deal. You know, they think they're going to get a very very strong deal here, and that was the sense that I got watching Nick and other people within the TKO group like talking today. You know, they're confident about their audience and the audience that they bring, that they have the audience they can get. Um, and I think they're expecting big, you know, big money, you know, when, when this comes up in, in another year. 
for sure. And uh, Epstein is the CEO of Epstein. That's right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree 100. Especially oh, the UFC deals up in two years with ESPN, and then yeah, a year for um, for both USA and Fox. Right. Those are times. I know. Yeah, those are times. Yeah. So one more. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you can definitely leverage that as a group where if you're, you know, I think, you know, Apple and Amazon obviously are big keys. It's still, I mean. WWE's always been a first mover. Now is TKO a first mover? I don't know. Right. That that's kind of where Ari comes into play here more so than Vince, who would probably take more of a chance to get with an Apple. What we've seen so far, you know, Apple, the offer they offered to the Pac-12. I know we haven't talked about it here, but um, for everyone, like a very quick brief, like the Pac-12 is a college football conference that is going to not exist next year because their best offer was from Apple for their TV deal. And it was like $20 million per school while the big 10 and the SEC schools each get $70 million from Fox, NBC and CBS for the big 10. And then about the same from ESPN for the SEC. So that's your quick briefer there, but like that. And then also if you look at Apple, the MLS stuff without Messi, I think is an utter disaster. I think with Messi, they've gotten a lot of people to add that package onto the program, but so I think the Apple stuff is still a little, you know, it's still a little early to be a TKO and put all your stuff on Apple or all your pay-per-views on Apple and then having TV partners, maybe. Because if I'm Peacock from NBC Universal, like I'm not going to carry Raw if I don't get to maintain my PLE uh, contract with you. And I also want the UFC pay-per-views as part of that. So you would think it's a package deal all across the board with TV being maybe questionable. Also think, I'm curious what you think here, like, it seems to me that if I'm TKO, I have a show on Monday, I have a show on Tuesday, and I have a show on Friday. Like, what is stopping me from having a UFC show? I know they have a lot of fight nights on Saturdays, but I'd much rather, depending on the deal, have a UFC show on Wednesday or Thursday that is similar to a fight night or some scripted show or whatever that can get a million plus people and get, you know, an AEW type contract from my other business. And then that's like a side revenue thing. So I think that's also something to look for is who wants to pony up and go fully in bed and have, you know, if it's a cable channel, five nights, essentially of TKO every week. I think that's going to be a big important part. That's a great point. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that like, I mean, it's complicated because you, you know, during the week for a lot of the year, eh, not a lot of the year, I guess, because you're not going to run Mondays. You're not going to run, I don't think you're going to run against the NFL. So you're really looking at Friday or excuse me, uh, Wednesday as like the big like weekday that you could do it, but you are running against NBA. You are running against um, NHL, but you know, they do that on Saturday nights anyway. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think that certainly could be a possibility and like, and, and depending on what the, you know, like the, 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 the dollars are, you know, ESPN, I mean, to be frank, the other side of the coin, they may, they just may not care. They may not care that it's on Saturday because because the content they get is on, you know, helping drive subscribers to ESPN Plus. You know, you have to have that to watch most of the fight nights, not all of them, but most of them. Um, so, it, I mean, you could slice it. You could slice this content up from both these companies in so many different, so many different ways. Like, okay, you know, we're going to sell, you know, SmackDown and, you know, the UFC package, the ESPN, and then we're going to have a whole weekend worth of, 
TKO stuff, you know, but Raw is going to stay, you know, and, and that's going to be all going to be on ESPN plus or, you know, NXT is going to be like, I, I think you can just slice and dice all this, this content up. And I think like that to me is like a big feather in, in Nick Khan's cap. If you're WWE, because before it was, Hey, we let's own all this content. Let's own this. Let's own this. And let's buy up some uh, independent libraries and let's, you know, let's make our own, our own network. And, you know, and that was, they found out that that had a ceiling on it. Like that there's only 1.5 million people around the world, 1.7, 1.8 during WrestleMania season that are going to pay for this monthly. But you know, some like Nick Khan came in. Well, let's just flip. Let's just flip that around. Let's sell our stuff to elsewhere. And so now you've got the Peacock deal, and you've got Fox, and you've got NBC Universal. You've got the thing with A and E. You know, you've got all the. You know, and it's a it's a really interesting way to think about it. And you could probably slice it up even more than that if you if you really if you really wanted to. And so, I mean, it's hard to say like what direction they'll go because. I don't know. You can just, it's not like, okay, well, we're going to buy the NFL package and we get 16 games, you know, a, a, a year, you know, and really nothing much else. I mean, it's, it's, it's significantly more content than that. Not as many people watch it. It's more of a niche product, but ready made, ready to go content. I mean, that's, it's a val- very valuable, you know, very valuable asset. For sure. I also think, um, curious what you think on this. I think they'll go short like even shorter than they did before, like three, four years, I think for, for everything. Cause that is sort of the trajectory, at least the way I see it is like that 2030 mark. It really might be the, the last like big bike. Cause you're talking that's again, football related, but that's the NFL deal. I think is 32, 2032, 2034, somewhere in that range. And then the sec and big 10 stuff is up in 2030, 2029, I think respectively. But um, okay, so I think they're that you know those football is always going to be popular. So that might be you know if you were projecting this out, if I'm an executive, like the on that time frame, I'm not 100 percent confident that we can get easily more money for our TV deal. Like right now, I think WWE easily. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not. I don't want to make a prediction here, but it seems like they could double both deals right now for for Raw and for SmackDown based on the steadiness of it and where they are every week on, on the ratings for, for broadcast and cable. And those are kind of awesome deals. Um, same thing for UFC. I think they could easily double that deal that they have with uh, ESPN. So that's, if you do that, you can kind of get two bites at the apple. If I'm an executive, you can, you know, sell those yeah. rights until 2028, 2029, and then see where you are. Maybe get this the last bite of the apple for the broadcast deal. And then you can kind of go to that hybrid, Hey, we're on NBC and Peacock in 2029, 2030, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's fat. It's fascinating. This will be fascinating to, to watch and to, and we'll cover it. We'll cover it all here, right on the podcast. Um, SCScoops.com has you guys covered, as you know. Uh, we have multiple stories up about uh, the merger today, from a general perspective, and also from a you know story by story perspective. Nick Khan said this. Um, Epstein said this, what did Vince have to say? Um, we've got that all, um, detailed out all the, the, uh, the writers and reporters at scscoops.com were, uh, 
on call today to to get some writing done. So it's a really it's a it's a fun read to kind of just read through the day, and you can do it all uh, at scoops.com. Um, the super chat is open. I want to get to another one from Zach here. Zach, thank you. If you guys want to contribute to the show with a question or a comment, um, drop a super chat. We'll read it live on the air. It helps us uh, helps uh, keep the show going, and we certainly appreciate all the support that you guys uh, provide on a, on a week-to-week basis. If you're just joining us, this is the SEC Shoes Pro Wrestling Podcast. We are live on YouTube every single Tuesday night, 9 Eastern, 8 Central, talking wrestling. We've been WWE heavy today because of the, the news of the merger um, and really more WWE business heavy than anything else. But we're going to pivot on that here in a quick in a quick second. Zach chiming in saying, given that they brought Nia Jax back, it seems the WWE is in the business of shortening careers. Wow, Zach with the Scud Missile. Heading right for Nia Jax. Um, yes, Tyler, Nia Jax returns on on Monday Night Raw last night. Uh, on what I thought was a was a solid episode of Raw, like top top to bottom. Like I really like um, what they're doing in a lot of areas, um, and I, we can get into some of them. But I didn't like this return. I, I definitely didn't like this return, and it's not even because um, it's not even because I don't like Nia Jax. Like I think Nia Jax, you know, is a middle of the road pro wrestler in WWE. And it's, and that's even if you, you know, that's if you just say, Hey, like it is what it is. She hurts people, but you know, she's going to be around. I think she's just a middle of the road wrestler, but from a, a roster perspective, I mean, she has a totally different character than, than everybody else on, on the roster. I think she does kind of freshen up the division what I didn't like is like I thought that they totally, totally muddied the waters yesterday, bringing her back in the main event to attack Raquel Rodriguez and cost her the title, but then attack Rhea Ripley too. You know, the most part of one of the most overheel factions on Raw are in WWE. Certainly, the most overheel group and act on Raw. And now you're like you're leaving that show and you kind of feel sorry for for Rhea Ripley as Nia Jax is like sitting on top of her to end to end the show. I, I, I thought it was just a really mismanaged return that you, you know Rhea Ripley's somebody you want to be careful with. Like she needs to be on, she needs to absolutely be like at the forefront of WWE's plans for Raw, and they need to be clear, like. And I just think that this really hurt that, given the fact that she's alongside Dominic Mysterio, she's a heel champion, Dominic's getting booed, and now you've played this like kind of sympathy card thing. And I thought it was a big miss. Feelings of Nia Jax aside, didn't like how this angle went down. What do you think? Yeah, I was thinking because Paul White is the main kind of lead for the women's division in AEW. Do I have that right, as far as you know? In AEW, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, it seemed like he booked this uh, storyline because yes. it didn't make any sense, and it muddled everybody, and you don't know who's a babyface, who's a heel. You know, Outcast as a comparison, like, I think the new Tony Storm character is funny. Am I supposed to think she's a babyface? I know I'm supposed to think that Soraya and Ruby are heels, but that's also convoluted. It's a different scenario. But yeah, same here. I mean, I guess you could argue that Obviously, Priest and Rhea are probably going to be flipped face in the intermediate future to near future. Um, 
So where does that leave Dom and Finn? I think that's a story for Raw to tell over the next couple of weeks during the slow period. So that's fine, but I'd rather not be signaled to me as an audience member that this is happening if I have faith in WWE and their booking that you want to like her and that being Rhea. But, you know, I think Nia Jax is a, a nothing burger of, of, a, of a wrestler. She didn't have any other offers, so I hope, you know, I guess WWE probably got a good price for, for her coming back is what I had to guess. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just don't know. It's kind of like bringing Braun Strowman back or, um, you know, who else? came back. I mean, front street, these are all people that are like the the big monsters of the divisions, but if you're not going to utilize them, if they can't work, then I, I don't know what the point of it is besides giving, you know, your babyface champion, you know, a Nia Jax in the ring, someone to a, a, a big heel to defeat and look powerful. But, you know, I, I also assume we're about, I don't know, I'd say the over under is two to two and a half weeks before we get a my whole reference from Nia. Um, so look, be on the lookout for that and then be ready for your eyes to roll in the back of your head. You know, it's good for the content. Yeah. But, uh, so. Yeah. I just, I mean, nothing burger is a good way to put it, but it's like, but that's the thing. Like, okay. Like Rhea Ripley turning babyface, that should be like a huge deal. Like that, you know, Mm -hmm. that should be a signature moment that people talk about for a long time. And like you build up to it. And, you know, even if, you can kind of see it coming. Like, I feel like you want that a little bit. You want that groundswell to kind of be there so that when she does turn, everybody's not, 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 um, not that it's predictable, but like that, that there's an anticipation for it that like, okay, we're allowed to cheer, cheer for her now. And like this random thing with Nia Jax of all people, it's like, Oh man, like, no, that's, that's not it. She needs to destroy Dominic for five minutes. Like that's, that's a baby face turn, you know? Um, and yeah, I mean, so I don't know. Look, we don't know where it's going to go. They were, they shared the screen for <clears throat> 10 seconds, maybe like it was not a long time. Uh, they got a long way to go, but I, I just, on a show that was full of like, you know, logical, interesting, intriguing storytelling. Like when you take pull back what's going on with Jey Uso and him making amends on the roster. Drew McIntyre, I thought had a really good night last night as he kind of like falls into, you know, a potential, a potential heel turn. And that's actually a, like a good comparison. Like Rhea on the babyface side needs to like go through a Drew thing where you actually, you see the steps of her turning, just like you see the steps of Drew turning heel. And it makes for compelling TV. It prolongs the story so that you can get something out of it. Um, and so when a show that's kind of was full of some of that stuff, like I was sitting there at the end of the night going like, what, like, what really? Like, this is what they're going to, they're going to, they're saddling Rhea with this. They're saddling her. Not only she has to work with Nia Jax, but she doesn't even get to do it as a clear, you know, a clear heel or a clear face. Like to me, it's like, okay, if you want to, if you had to do this, if you had to do this program, it's like, have Rhea win and then have Nia Jax, you know, re- make her return and call her shot against Rhea. Nia's a baby face for a little while and, you know, Rhea Ripley beats her. Like, I, I don't know. There's just so many other ways you could go about this. And, um, I mean, I just, yeah, I was shaking my head. I thought it was a really, like, really cold end to, to what was otherwise a, a very good show. I have a half-baked booking idea if you'd like to hear it based on of course. Always. So, 
<clears throat> you know, what's the most famous match involving Dominic Mysterio where he's not a match participant? Where he's not a match participant? Yeah. Like, he's involved, but he's not, like, in the match, but it's about... Oh, the... <laughs> Oh yes, the 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 Eddie and Ray one. How could how you can't forget that Dominic no, you, basically yeah, in a, a shark cage. A but, match. Yeah, yeah, Dominic on a pole match. So that was to be his daddy. Maybe you have a match to be his mommy. And uh, you have <laughs> again, it's half baked, but it's it's but it's pretty funny. But yeah, you have a uh, you know a mommy off, and then maybe Naya. You know the serious answer here, besides giving bad ideas to WWE creative. Don't give. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like Vince like, is I'm back, say, man. Don't be careful. I you wish. I, I'd probably be like a, a second tier writer at WWE. I'm not gonna lie with these. Like, They'd be like, oh, it's Tyler ideas. again. It's Tyler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, know. you know, maybe you could have Naya be in the Judgment Day in some like Judgment Day 2.0. Maybe that's like way to go in the serious route. Of Rhea and her kind of swap, and you know Nia then takes Dominic under her wing, and she's a heat magnet, I'm sure. You know, for Zach, I mean, for for Zach Barber in the chat specifically, um, is, is a pairing of Dominic and, and Nia Jax. Is there anything more infuriating? And I think that's go away heat for him personally, but I think for the <laughs> audience, that's going to be some good heat for uh-huh. for a group. And if you want to keep Dominic, I mean, you just had Edge on the bump. I think is the WWE propaganda thing that hasn't been canceled yet that will certainly if it's not tomorrow um said the yeah, TikTok. Um, TikTok. yeah ari's got the email drafted <laughs> um but <laughs> sorry i made jokes about the jobs, but um you know uh oh my god oh but you know ed just said like he said that that dom's the guy in 25 years that can still be wrestling right that's also because he's the only one that's under like 35 on the roster but <laughs> yeah um i digress I just, yeah, no, I mean, hey, look, honestly, like all of those are are better ideas that to honestly to me than than saddling Rio with this, like, like you know, I I don't know, I maybe and it's an indictment, I think, more than anything on, on how high I am on Rhea Ripley. I mean, she can be, you know, she's already been a heel that's held the division for, you know nine months or well, not quite seven months now. Uh, but before that, she really, you know, caught steam as, as somebody that's, you know, really you know, important and, and a big star. And, you know, as she continues to evolve and find, find herself, it's like, she's somebody that you can attach that division to for a long time. Like, you know, and I think people will enjoy watching her just, you know, just, decimate people like and i mean you think about all the feuds she has she has she still can work with becky she still can work with um with bianca she still can work with uh like there's nxt talent bailey is somebody that she can work with um you know nxt folks that are that are coming up i mean tiffany stratton like you think about her who's wrestling in the main event right now of nxt against becky lynch you think about her and her act and look opposite Rhea and her act and look i mean that's like polar opposites colliding if, if done right. I mean, there's just so many opportunities. And so it's just like, I just don't, I just think it's so silly to shoot yourself in the foot just to make a Nia Jax return work. Like just, it just was befuddling to me. Um, What do you make of Drew McIntyre? What do you think of, of him and the, the slow burn heel turn? Yeah, the, or, like, or do you not even see it as that? I don't want to lead the question. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I certainly, I certainly see it as that. And especially, you know, you have, 
he's on the show and Jay's coming on the show. And, you know, I know Cody's probably going to go to SmackDown, but it feels like, you know, guys at that level, that you're swapping their roles, essentially. Of one guy was a protected babyface, and the other guy was a protected heel. They're kind of going to swap roles, at least on Raw. So I think that works for your top three babyfaces, top three heels after Cody leaves. So I think that works tremendously. You know, I was looking for the character. Like, A, legitimately, like, there's not much for Drew to do at the moment. If he's, like, happy Drew or, you know, Scottish Knight and Shining Armor Drew, which is a boring character. I think it has been boring for a long time. And not him in the ring, but just that, you know, him putting a sword into the stage. That's basically his whole character. And I'm here to fight. Um, so him as a heel, I think, you know, everyone is better as a babyface or a heel. I think Drew in the long run is better as a heel in my mind. So I think this works for him to kind of revitalize him. And he's a big player. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that can easily turn heel, beat Seth Rollins, and be the champion of that division for, you know, going into WrestleMania. And I think that totally makes sense and works. Give someone like a Seth Rollins someone to chase or a Jey Uso someone to chase. Maybe Jey Uso wins it at WrestleMania. Like, all that sort of stuff works. So uh, he's just better. I think he's he's good at both. He's better as a heel, and he gives an up-and-coming baby face that you want to make a star like Jay, someone to really go up against the beat if it's not going to be someone like Guther, then I think Drew's the right guy for that. That's what I like most about it, too. You know, I, I think that you, know, you have, like, a, just a very good talent there who is stuck as a baby face. Like, I think he's a pretty good baby face, but Cody's there, Seth's there, you know, and it's just, you know, why have Drew McIntyre walk around the show as the third from the top baby face when he can be first from the top heel on that show. Like, I mean, you can do, if Cody doesn't move, you can do Cody against Drew. That could be a multiple month program. You can do Seth versus Drew. That looks to me like a WrestleMania match potentially, you know, down at, at, if you want to hold on to it that long, um, you know, it, I, there's just so many different possible Jay, as you mentioned, Jay versus Drew. Obviously, that that's a big one. Sammy, Kevin, like there's so there's just so many options because Drew's been uh, a babyface for so long. Um, he just has a stocked pond full of uh, different talent to to work with, and I think that's exciting. And I think I'm glad that it's not like this this random thing too. Like I'm glad that you get to like kind of see him. <sighs> like go down like the, the spiral, so to speak, and, and, and down the downward spiral, because, you know, so far it's, he's played it really well. I think his facial expressions and mannerisms are kind of like he's turning, but like he doesn't even really know that he is yet. And I think he's just, whether or not he's trying to do that on purpose, I think it's playing very well. And um, has made for just some really interesting interactions. Uh, on, yeah, uh, on might sound like Xavier bringing up points that are not valid make Xavier look like a heel if Drew the baby face. But, you know, that's that was one episode. Stupid. But, you know, yeah. So that argument can work to have Drew say something like that. And he is yes. upset. You know, and saw his excellence. And the crowd did not clamor for him to be that champion. They were happy with him. Whatever. Even though, you know, what, 45,000 people in Cardiff were very pro him winning that title against Roman. You know, yes. you avoid that as a character. But I think that's Drew's story to tell, not say not you know, Xavier too. For sure, For, great, great point. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I don't have it noted here, but like, yeah, I heard that, and I'm like, wait, no, like that's that's what a jerk you are, Xavier. Like, there's nothing. It's not like Drew could like. It's not like they 
could sell tickets to that place and nobody showed up. It was like, nah, you know, he's kind of holding it down as a global global pandemic and risking his health to freaking be there. Like, kind of a baby face thing. <laughs> I was especially three um, weeks into like in the U.S. when it was happening too. So right, right. It was exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think if Xavier had a redo on that, uh, he'd want to redo that one, or you know. Drew or Paul Levesque or somebody pulled him aside. Hopefully afterwards he goes, "Hey man, like, because I think that was a live. No, that wasn't even a live promo. So no, that that was that was a pre-tape. So yeah, or hard to use that He he can talk sensitive people after promos like that. That's that's true. That's true. Well, all right. Speaking of CM Punk, kind of. Uh, let's talk a little AEW before we ride off uh, into the sunset here and put a bow on the show. Um, the I want to talk about the, the world title picture in AEW right now. MJF is the champion. We know that. Adam Cole on the sidelines, I guess kind of okay that he's not the champion anymore as long as he's Ring of Honor tag team champion with MJF. You know, all is right in the world. Um, but you have Samoa Joe and, and MJF who kind of had a what I thought was a pretty fun, you know, face-to-face showdown in the ring. And is this – can, is MJF versus Joe, assuming that's where they're going, is that, you know, is that something that you could simmer until? So I got two questions. Is the Joe match something you can simmer until the November pay per view, or do you, or is this, or is it a TV title defense? That's the first question. The second question is, what is your grade for the state of the state? of the AW world championship picture, given that it's Joe and Roddy who seem to be, you know, the only ones on the roster who are kind of clamoring for a title shot. Like, and I, and I don't mean to, to lead the question. I'm just trying to present the situation for folks that maybe aren't caught up on, on AW TV. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, the winner of the tournament gets the match at Grand Slam, which is correct. Next Wednesday. So Next Wednesday. Yep. I cert I certainly see it as Joe winning. Um in that match happening at Grand Slam. And then we have a pay-per-view October first or October second, something like that. Oh, I forgot Wrestle- about that one. Yes, WrestleMania. Yes. Yes. So knowing Tony Khan, knowing AEW bookings pattern, unfortunately pretty well. That seems like a MJF and Cole defending the ROH tag titles is MJF's usage at that pay-per-view. And then Probably something happens with Cole and Roddy and Joe in that final. Again, sorry, this is a spoiler, I guess. My Paul Heyman here for you. That something happens at that tournament final. And then as a result, the kingdom, Bennett and Taven, take on MJF and Cole at the Wrestle Dream, right? That's what's called? Yes. What if it's a bad name for a paper? It sounds like a like a it's- off-brand 16-bit video game. <laughs> um, like that's not licensed, but um, that happens there. And then I think maybe you get something there where Cole makes a decision and maybe get Cole and MJF at the at full gear, I think is kind of the state of the state. But to your point, um, you know, I'm not even opposed to, you know, it seems like Takeshita will have someone to fight coming up. I uh, will see that revealed. Um, Ricky Starks wants an opportunity. So I think him and MJF would be a better call if you don't do something with with Cole here. I mean, he's also got a receipt for MJF, if you recall, when when they were flipped in their 
he'll oh, face that's anybody. right. Yeah, yes, yes. So, yeah. like, that would be a good callback. I would like to see Ricky Starks have a legitimate chance to win that, and I don't think he would right away. But if you're going to have a December pay-per-view, which I would presume if they are the way they're going, then maybe you can heat him up for that, get him some big wins along the way. Orange Cassidy and MJF doesn't make much sense. Jay White doesn't have anything going on. So I would say those are like your heels and potentially whatever Cole does. But if someone doesn't have anything going on in their booking life, I think it's a mistake. You know, like Swerve, I'm high on, as you know, and Paige, but they have, they have a big thing going on. Takeshita, again, has something going on. It seems like Jericho and Sammy have something going on together. So someone like a Jay White and Orange Cassidy, a Ricky Starks, I want to make sure those guys that I think – AEW should be high on and getting on TV weekly has something to do. Miro, I think, would be in there again. I think him and MJF is like a one-off where you don't think Miro's going to win, but you're going to have a good match would be a good spot. But say the state is, yeah, unless you're Roddy or Samoa Joe, you're not focused at all on this title. And not everyone has to be clamoring 24-7. But I want something for those guys to be doing that is prescient um, if they're not actively going after the title. So I think White... Um, I don't see anything major on the horizon for him, even though he's been very protected. But Starks and Cassidy, I think, need something going pretty soon to make sure that you keep their momentum as well. Hopefully that answers your question. It does. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I Yeah, I'm kind of like – I want to see where the Joe thing plays out because I, I like that promo a lot. And I think that Joe right now, you know, he's not a heel that you're going to – attached the company to you know i don't think he's going to have a, a long run as a as a champion but i do think he's somebody that has credibility and when you put him in a ring and kind of let him go to work with somebody like mjf i mean you get what you got last week which was mm-hmm. compelling stuff and so i think he's a good opponent um we got a super chat here from zach that i want to get to in a second zach i'll i will uh um get to your thing in, in one minute the and, and and the strongest part of last week's dynamite was what kind of what you were talking about. And I think like on that show, you know, Swerve and Paige strong segment, they've got something going on. I think, you know, uh, Orange Cassidy doesn't really have like a feud, but I mean, coming out of the top of the show, cutting that promo, like to me, that's like, that was like a level up type type slot for him where it's not like okay just go out there and have a good match for 15 minutes it's go out there and like be a star that's going to open up the show you know and and so i think he doesn't have he didn't get like um something definitive like uh like page and swerve did but he did get that elevation where hey we're acknowledging your momentum you know and we're going to breathe fire into that here have this slot um i i wanted to see that coming out of the show what's that not a dark elevation, just a regular elevation. Not a dark elevation. No, absolutely not dark elevation. No, but I wanted to see that, and I think that you—they don't—they're not fully there. I think you need some for Ricky Starks, um, and you need some for Jay White. You know, but I thought it was a step in the right direction overall in terms of like locking down some key things for some of your key guys um, that you want to build around. And to that end, I think um, last week was a good show in that in that, in that regard. Um, Zach's chiming in here. He's got, he's got AW's whole fall, like booked out. I love this. Um, thank you, Zach, for the contribution. We have one more of yours to get to. We definitely will. I like, I like Zach's booking better than what I did. I just don't think TK books in that way. 
I think that the Zach is right that the tag team match should happen at Final Battle, the ROH show. And I could see Joe, because him and MJF have, I think, really good chemistry. I, I could see that being a two, you know, a regular match at Wrestle Dream, and then a full gear, which is a big four, if you want to still present it that way. Mm-hmm. Do like a cage match or a strap match or a death, not a death match, whatever, some sort of gimmick that's like, hey, this is the end of it. Exploding barbed wire death match. Let's do it right yeah. this time. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, but this is this is this is this this makes sense. Like, I mean, if this is if this is the road that you go down with that with MJF as for, for the world title, like this works. This works for me. I mean, I think Roddy versus MJF at Grand Slam. Okay, you know, it's not a huge match, but there is a decent size match. match. It's a TV match, and and I think. You know, you want to get MJF a win? Boom! There, there you have it. Um, Joe versus MJF twice. I think that definitely works because, you know, hopefully between Wrestle Dream and Full Gear, like you, you story tell there, and you, you know, by the time they get to Full Gear and whatever stip match it is, like, you know, it it, it warrants that at that point. Um, and then you know, MJF and Cole versus the Kingdom at Final Battle. Like, the my only. The only thing that I that I think about when I look at this, so again, for those who are listening on podcast, the prediction here is Roddy versus MJF at Grand Slam, Joe versus MJF at Wrestle Dream and at Full Gear, and then Cole and MJF versus the Kingdom at Final Battle, which is the ROH pay-per-view. Cole turns there. The only thing that holds me up about that is what do you do with Adam Cole f- until December? I mean, how do you have him play like anything but you know MJF's little brother sidekick? Like you have to keep that guy relevant, like through this. He has to be seen as MJF's equal in this, and not just from a yuck it up friendship standpoint, but from a like you no know, Cole's a pro wrestler, you know, standpoint. So you to make this work, I think you really have to tell some good storytelling with Adam Cole, in addition to all this other stuff. So I like it, Zach. I like it a lot, but the Cole thing, I, I, it doesn't worry me, but I just think you want to pay attention to that so that Cole is as hot as he is now at the end of the year. I agree. And that's could be, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe him and Danielson have a banger of a match. Yeah, that's a good, yep. Yep. Like him and Moxley, like him and Cassidy can even, like they can just do like a good guy, good guy match without that ideal. Like him and Jay White. But then, like, you got to think guys that, like, I would Ricky, say, Ricky like, Starks, you could do that. Yeah, Ricky gets something, but you got to protect the team. You can't have everybody, you got somebody win and lose, too. So yes. that's where it gets a little dicey. You know, Miro could fit that role. Brody King, Malachi Black, no, if they're not champions, buddy, be people like that if you're cold uh, and stay relevant, especially now that you can be on Saturdays. Well, I guess Cole was always allowed on Saturdays, but now that everyone's allowed, he was allowed. What a weird sentence that is for a company full of grown men and women. Oh, boy. All right. Last last, uh, last thing, and we're going to wrap up on this note. Zach, uh, your final uh, super chat. Thank you for the contributions. Thank you to everybody who joined us and contributed to the show. Zach, going in hard on Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly has to go. He's getting worse, not better. You cannot be worse than Michael Cole at calling a match and keep your job. Um I, <laughs> I look. I don't think Kevin Kelly has had the best month of wrestling commentary. Pretty much since the G one, I think he's come back. Like he sounded really fresh in June. 
you know, on AEW. And I think he has lost something since coming back and doing the, the, the G1. Um, so, but, but I'm not getting rid of Kevin Kelly though. I, you know, I, I think he, when he's on his game is a great announcer and really is an important announcer for AEW to have, because I think more so than being able to call moves and like, you know, like, 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 like call the action as it's happening. That guy knows how to weave a story through a match. He knows how to tell the narrative of the match and how to tell the narrative of the storyline behind the match as the match is going on. And that is something that AEW needs. They need that narrative connectivity. So I definitely am not letting him go. He does need to get better though. And uh, I, I agree with you on that. And I don't know what's with the Michael Cole hate. I, <laughs> I think if you put Cole in a situation to call wrestling match, I remember it was a handful of years ago at like the UK um, tournament thing that they did. You know, it, it, it was like six years ago now, probably, but he's just over there calling matches with Nigel McGuinness and Michael Cole can call wrestling match. He, he absolutely can. That's not his job on, on Monday Night Raw and on SmackDown. He is WWE billboard guy on that, on that show. So I, I think he's a tough, it's tough to, to throw some shade at Michael Cole for not being able to call match when really like, that's not his his role. I mean, it's just just isn't. He's got to be, you know, he's got to do eight other things that are probably more important to WWE business than 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 calling that match for better or worse. I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing, but I'm saying that he's not supposed to be Excalibur out there. So, yeah, that's my two cents on Michael Cole that nobody asked for. Yeah, um, you know, and I'm a I would say I'm an Ian Riccoboni guy if we're going to compare contrast the guys that have been in that seat for collision. Love it. But I also like there's there, there are strong arguments for like why I understand why Ian Riccoboni is not some people's favorite commentator, right? He can be a little grading, and I think he's different in AEW than he was in ROH. ROH, he was, you know, in an arena with 50 fans and, the, and had to like kind of scream to get matches over that they were exciting. He doesn't have to do that as much mm-hmm. on AEW. You know, I'm not a person for a three-man booth, but if you could do it for maybe a period of time where you have Ian and Kevin Kelly and Nigel, I think Kevin Kelly, as Zach points out in his latest Super Chat here, he doesn't know the movesets or finishers or really the characters. He seems like JR kind of at the beginning where, yeah, I think Kevin Kelly's definitely trying his best more than JR when when <laughs> he was getting lots of complaints for, for his commentary. But, you know, oh. if someone had the finisher of, you know, had a distinct... Destino finisher. I always say that incorrectly. He'd be on it. Kim, I can only hear Kevin Kelly's voice yelling it for 20 minutes straight. Like, um, There's nothing yeah, worse than that. I can't stand oh, yeah, Destino horrible. call. It's horrible. It's horrible. That, that's, his worst, that's his worst trait as a, as a human, probably. He's probably a great guy. <laughs> worst yeah. as a we, all have, we all have a bad trainer, too, in that sense. But, um, yeah, I just think, like, Ian does a good job of marrying both, like, knowing – moves and telling a story, but I think Kevin Kelly is a superior storyteller in the ring of why certain moves are important. So if he could do, you know, I don't want three, but if he could get a little bit better on that front of knowing moves and knowing the characters um, like he does in New Japan, then I think it would work, but he doesn't know it now. But I think he's certainly capable of it, but also let's be honest, like 
watching somebody at eight o'clock on a Saturday is way different than watching them on a Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. too. So you can be a little more critical when you're not like, yeah, yeah. Who is this? Who is this guy <laughs> in the black shorts? Why are all three of these guys, all these young lions in black shorts? They don't even know who they are. They all look the same. Yeah. Yeah. So they all got black, black uh, boots, black trunks. I don't know what's going on here. So it's like a different curve you're grading up to. I think Kevin Kelly's doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, I mean, he, like to your point, Zach, here in the super chat, like, he, he has to get better with that. There's no question. I mean, he, he can't be on TV, like, not knowing finishers. And, you know, I don't think – again, he doesn't need to know the movesets like Excalibur does. But he's got to know enough. And, yeah, it, he's had a rough go. But I think that what he does bring um, is the narrative kind of structure of everything. And he can put pull that together. He does a really nice job of that in New Japan. Um, and – I think AW could use that, so I'm keeping them at least for at least for at least for a while. At least for a while. Zach, thank you. I also think, like, you. I also think like probably Rocky or Gato, like tell Kevin like the main story beats that what's going on in each story too. Like I don't know if Tony Khan has that yeah. just planned out with every feud too. So who knows? But I wouldn't be surprised if there's more bullet points of like, hey, here's we're at this point in this feud, so hit these three bullet points where you're talking about the match. Why it's important that these things are happening. Like I can see New Japan doing that more so than AEW for their yeah for sure for sure but I mean they should do it I mean they you know it's part of producing your talent I mean and that's what he that's what they are you know they're mouthpiece yeah. for the show so um, so if they're not doing that shame on you Tony Khan shame uh, all right thank you to everybody uh, for tuning in uh, live here on YouTube once again we are live here with the SEC Pro Wrestling Podcast every Tuesday night nine Eastern make it appointment viewing. Um, have NXT on in your second screen. That's cool. But join us, um, contribute to the show. We talk all sorts of different topics all throughout the week. And uh, yeah, so we'll see you next time. Um, right here, same time, same place. Uh, follow SE Scoops on Twitter. It's at SE Scoops. It's very, very simple. You can follow, follow me on Twitter here and Tyler right there. Um, if you want to catch more of us throughout the week, obviously keep it locked to scscoops.com. We've got different columns and news stories um, that hit um, all week long and all day long. And also um, Tyler and I, our own little shop, Brass Ring Media. Um, we would love to have you as a member. Um, just find us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. You can learn about everything that we do. It's $4 a month, all sorts of exclusive content. Uh, hopefully, you can uh, you will join us um tyler awesome show thank you so much thank you go browns can i be a browns fan i mean you don't want to but uh how about we Maybe. should pick a mutual team that we like okay. oh, we have we have a soccer team that we like so i guess yes. we'll go arsenal yeah beat, a different type everton. of football yeah 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 we'll beat uh we'll beat steph's uh everton club this week oh is that this week is that this weekend mm-hmm. yeah they're in they're in manchester Sorry, Steph. Sorry, but Arsenal's going to win. Um, all right, Tyler, thank you. To all our listeners, thank you. We'll catch you guys next time. See ya.